Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. We got to a point where it was time to make some significant changes. We also have faith in the process. We have faith in the fact that there right now is uh, significant stimulus money that uh, can be availed by both the landlords and the tenants. We certainly have been relying on for the past three years is uh, Washington University Law School's uh, mediation program. Well, the 600 figure represents those cases in which a judgment of eviction has in fact been issued. I'm Sarah Fetsky. This is St. Louis on the Air. For more than a year, evictions have been on hold in St. Louis County as the pandemic has raged. But in the past few weeks, that's begun to change. Sheriff's officials were given the green light to execute certain evictions beginning last week. And next week, the county courts will begin hearing a much broader array of eviction cases. And joining us today to explain how and why is the presiding judge of the St. Louis County Circuit Court. Judge Michael D. Burton, thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, Sarah. Thank you. So, Judge Burton, St. Louis County first issued its eviction moratorium on March 20th, 2020. What got you to the point of saying, okay, it's time to start moving forward on some cases again? You know, there were a lot of factors that had to be considered. And we've spent a lot of time, you know, doing a a pretty thorough analysis of many of these uh, concerns. Obviously, we've been very concerned about the issues that uh, plague many poor folks in our community. Mm-hmm. Certainly concerned about uh, the, the situation with the tenants. And the CDC and the Department of Public Health have made it very clear about the problem uh, that uh, homelessness would uh, would certainly create as it uh, affects the, uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other concerns that uh, we had, of course, were was the plight of the landlords. We, we certainly knew, uh, and our heart went out to so many of these landlords that weren't receiving any funding. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really was a difficult task for them. Taking also into consideration uh, just the needs of the community, the concerns, uh, you know, of course, of, of the health of you know, everyone that lives here, um, it became something that uh, we knew that we got to a point where it was time to make some some significant changes. We looked at the fact that at this point, uh, stimulus money was uh, indicated to be coming uh, to our county uh, starting in uh, on April the 5th. Mm-hmm. We also took into account Um, The fact that many um, of our residents have been vaccinated, Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically our concern was uh, 
relating also to the sheriffs uh, in our circuit. The sheriff's office is part of our staff. Uh, it, it is uh, one that we wanted to make sure that everyone had the opportunity to be fully vaccinated before they were put in a position to be going inside of any of these residents. Uh, to the big concern, of course, was uh, the, the health and safety of the sheriffs as well. Mm-hmm. Taking into account the issues of their safety, taking into account um, the fact that landlords and tenants would be able to benefit from uh, the significant programs that were coming their way as far as funding, uh, we, we thought now was the appropriate time to make some changes. Okay. And I want to talk a bit about what those changes are going to look like. I understand the sheriff's office was given the go-ahead for certain types of limited cases last week already. What were those cases? Specifically, those would be cases that involved individuals that were engaged in drug-related activity. Um, From the statistics that uh, we're aware of, we're only uh, aware of two cases that uh, fit into that category. Hmm. Um, we also uh, felt it was time and appropriate for those tenancies that uh, were uh, commercial. Uh, so those were ones that we indicated that the sheriffs could uh, now start executing those evictions. Um, all the rest, those that relate to non-payment, um, could start uh, starting on April the 5th. So, so when it comes to these drug-related cases, the two that you had there sort of ready to go, and then also these commercial um, evictions, I was actually surprised to learn while looking into this that the city's moratorium had carved out exceptions for both of those things going back months, um, and that the county was not allowing those to go forward during this year of the pandemic, but the city already had those exceptions. Do you think that was a mistake to have things like commercial um, evictions also on hold for the past year when, you know, that's not going to put anybody out? on the street as as far as their residents? I don't think so. I I feel very confident that we made the right decision. Uh, We never want to disagree with our uh, great brethren and sisters across uh, Skinker. However, um, I'm very concerned about a slippery slope that, uh, you know, would be created uh, in this situation Hmm. because we also are dealing with the fact um, that we just did not want folks from our sheriff's office going into these residences Hmm. um, until they were safe. And we never uh, got any sort of, um, I mean, the the problem as far as their safety uh, was, uh, was solved once they got fully vaccinated. And that was as of March the 19th. Hmm. And you said they've now all had the opportunity to be fully vaccinated. Do you know if a, a big majority of them have availed themselves of that? I do know that they have. Um, the Supreme Court has made it very clear to us that we cannot order anyone to be uh, vaccinated. Um, but I'm not aware of any members of the sheriff's office that have not gotten the vaccination. Okay. So that's obviously a huge relief there. So that gets us to looking ahead to April 5th. That's going to be the next phase of evictions resuming. What kind of cases can be heard at that point? Well, that would be any other type of case. Specifically, we're talking about uh, those instances in which uh, 
evictions are based on non-payment. Now, one of the issues that uh, we want to make very clear is a lot of times when we hear the word moratorium, specifically as it relates to the federal moratorium, Mm -hmm. uh, that does not mean that tenants cannot be removed. Uh, They can be uh, evicted. However, they do have some opportunities um, to to do and and to take some measures um, to combat that. And and that's what the federal moratorium provides. Specifically, it indicates that if in fact a document is filed with the landlord or with the court, it's called a declaration. And that's a form that uh, is available on our website and on St. Louis County's website. Uh, They cannot be evicted. Mm -hmm. So this is this federal moratorium. This is the one uh, from the Centers for Disease Control. They just announced earlier this week they are extending that through June. And so anybody who wants to take advantage of those protections who qualifies, they still have that protection in St. Louis County. It's just people who wouldn't be able to truthfully sign that form where an eviction can go forward. Is is that correct? That's correct. And specifically, the declaration, um, you know, addresses, you know, what one would need to represent as far as whether they're qualified. And and essentially they're looking at issues relating to um, household income, Mm -hmm. uh, relating to whether or not someone has had their income substantially reduced or been laid off from work. Um, All of those are concerns that uh, the federal government has had. And if someone uh, fills out the declaration, based on the certain qualifications, um, that is really what the the federal government is concerned about, and uh, those folks would be protected. So just to clarify this for people who do have confusion about this, uh, the county had been handling zero evictions during this past year. Now it's going to handle evictions where people do not qualify for that federal moratorium. That's correct. Or those evictions, sadly, where folks do not indicate uh, through their uh, declaration. People have to Uh, proactively announce that they qualify for this. They have to. And the sheriffs in our county would be in a position, or if told that a declaration had been filed, um, they would hold off on the execution and be in a position to uh, have to be proactive and, and verify that that's in fact the case. Okay. So as far as these um, these evictions um, in St. Louis County, um, at one point I saw a statistic that said more than 600 of these are at some point within the system. Are there a number where they're just waiting for the sheriff's office to serve them? Or are we talking about, you know, the, the landlord has filed and everything has been on hold for the last year? Well, the 600 figure represents those cases in which a judgment of eviction has, in fact, been issued. The only thing that um, precludes any eviction from occurring is up to that point, the sheriffs have been directed not to execute those evictions. Okay, so there's a lot that are ready to go at this point. That is correct. There's right now, you know, many cases have been filed. I don't have the exact numbers. But I also anticipate that a lot of uh, landlords refrained from filing anything um, just due to the fact that they knew what the court's response would be 
and now landlords are are coming forward and we do expect that uh, many steps will be taken to uh, pursue evictions. So in light of those numbers, that seems like a high number in and of itself. And then you're saying many more coming. Do you think we're going to see a frenzy of residential evictions in St. Louis County? I hope not. And I think that right now what we are doing is we've got a housing committee that's made up of landlord attorneys, tenants, attorneys, uh, representatives from the county. And we've been communicating a lot. And one of the main issues uh, that is, you know, discussed uh, a lot at this point relates to the the stimulus relief that is coming. Mm -hmm. Um, There are two programs um, that, uh, and specifically, um, we're talking about uh, the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, or referred to as ERAP, and the State Assistance for Housing Relief Program, which is referred to as SAFER. Mm-hmm. Um, and those specifically um, would provide, it just depends on where someone resides, but specifically um, those are the, uh, the funds that uh, both landlords and tenants can avail themselves uh, to, uh, to ensure that uh, rent is being paid. Um, at this time, many landlords uh, can get rent that has accrued over the, the past year um, as, as part of that relief. And if in fact they do seek that kind of relief, uh, they cannot evict folks from their residence. And we believe that that itself is going to uh, assist and really cut down on the numbers of evictions. So the the timing on that um, is potentially concerning in that this money doesn't become available until next week, and then it could take two weeks after that to actually get that money into people's hands. How is that going to help people if their landlord is itching to go now and and already has a judgment issued? Well, the the bottom line is is that they're going to be in that position to, um, at this point, many of the the tenants are being notified of this process. And um, all that needs to happen uh, is they need to be clear to the the sheriffs that a declaration has been filed. Mm -hmm. Right now, the county, through its regional response team, is notifying um, anyone who's gotten a judgment against them, as well as um, many folks that... Uh, are currently um, looking at the possibility of eviction. They're being told about the the possibilities that are coming. They're being told about the declaration. Um, And I do believe that with that communication, that's really going to minimize any sort of problem that could be foreseen. And your sense is, is if they begin this process and it's in the works, but the money is not yet in hand, that that should stop things from families actually being forced to move out. Correct. We're talking today to St. Louis County Presiding Judge Michael D. Burton. The county is beginning to resume evictions um, coming up next week. He's got all the details on that. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWNU.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. Our guest today is St. Louis County Presiding Judge Michael D. Burton. Um, He's been uh, explaining everything that's happening with the eviction moratorium um, expiring here in St. Louis County and also how that relates to the federal one, which is still ongoing. Lots of questions about that. And there's more that we're hoping to talk to Judge Burton today. But before we transition to that, um, Judge Burton, we did have a question that came in on Twitter that I'd, I'd love to ask you about. Uh, The St. Louis Housing Defense Collective writes, why is the court still accepting bulk filed evictions for nonpayment of rent if they recognize the severity of the housing crisis and are operating in step with the CDC moratorium? I don't know if you can speak to that bulk filed question there. Well, I certainly know that um, there are uh, significant numbers that are are coming our way. but the, the bottom line is, is that uh, we, we still recognize the fact that there's a process. Uh, we, we're sensitive to the fact that there are um, landlords that uh, certainly have the, the right to uh, remove folks from their, uh, their residences. Um, but we also have faith in the process and we have faith in the fact that there right now is uh, significant stimulus money uh, that uh, can be availed by both the landlords and the tenants um, to ensure that they remain. Um, you know, as, as painful as this issue is with, with so many tenants, mm-hmm. um, there, there still is some significant relief that uh, can't come their way. And at this point, I, I know that the regional response team is spending some significant time in making sure that tenants fully understand what their rights are by sending them uh, notifications and uh, descriptions about what those resources are. Which, by the way, uh, those resources, the, the declarations themselves, the form, it's all available on our website. It's available on uh, the county website. And I believe it's also available now on um, your website as well. That's right. Um, yeah, we should mention that St. Louis County got us a lot of resources related to this issue that they wanted to make sure that that people who were listening to this, if they wanted more information, that they could get it. So we're going to get that on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. We also do want to remind people about the St. Louis Mediation Project. We have talked to the lawyers who work on that on this show now a few times. This is a great resource for both landlords and tenants. That's at stlmediationproject.org. Um, and there's just a number of different phone numbers and websites that people can access if they want to try to to stop an eviction um, or head this off before it gets too late. So that's a great reminder on our website as well as on your website. Judge Burton, something else that I want to make sure we have time to talk about today. It's not just evictions, which are heard by judges that are moving forward. You also plan to resume jury trials, and this could happen as soon as April 12th. Do you have cases ready to go that day? I do. And 
I, I want to just say one last thing, Sarah, as far as the uh, evictions. You mentioned the mediation program. You know, one of the programs that we certainly have been relying on for the past three years is uh, Washington University Law School's uh, mediation program. And they've been an incredible gift to um, the community uh, as far as the uh, ability to work things out with uh, tenants and landlords. And it, it, it's been a huge gift. And uh, even at the beginning of this pandemic, when things slowed down, um, starting around June or so of last year, their um, services have been uh, incredible. Mm -hmm. So getting to the issue of our court, I mean, one of the things that I think a lot of people, you know, believe is that our court was closed and we've never really closed. Mm -hmm. um, the, the difference is we've just had very few in-person proceedings. And when we focus on one of the huge concerns that all of the judges in this building have, access to justice, we were able to really see some incredible things happen through virtual hearings. We use Zoom, now we use WebEx, and it was really a godsend. And when we saw what happened uh, specifically in the family court and then the probate court, uh, and eventually with uh, all of our civil court proceedings and many criminal proceedings, uh, they basically were uh, operating uh, full throttle. Hmm. Um, you know, the ability for Zoom and, and WebEx to reach people that never were reached before was really something to see. We saw, for example, in the family court that oftentimes would look to place children that were um, in a position where after being brought into the court for abuse and neglect, oftentimes it was very hard to find placements for those children. And to be able to reach family members that may not live in state uh, and mm. for them to experience these court proceedings uh, really changed things. And we were able to reach people that we never have before. Do you think some of those changes, these might be things that stick around post-pandemic to say, do some of these family hearings on Zoom? There's no question. Hmm. And, you know, we are trying to figure out what that's going to look like in the future. We're really going to talk about some sort of hybrid because most people want to be in person. Uh, and most of us do too. But we also understand that there's some significant challenges for getting into Clayton. Um, and that really got us to a point where uh, we, we started focusing on that challenge itself, just even parking, mm -hmm. just even coming from North County in particular, the, the challenges that, that came with public transportation, especially during the pandemic, uh, really created uh, a, a big concern for us. So as good as the the Zooming and the WebExing was, we then also started realizing, however, that there are, of course, many folks that don't have access to the necessary equipment, the laptops and the iPhones to just get into the court, uh, just to be able to, you know, virtually connect. They weren't able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's what caused us to open up these kiosks uh, that we have on our floor level. But then we, with the help of uh, St. Louis County Executive Dr. Page, uh, we were able to get uh, some significant CARES Act funding to open up a 
center in the satellite court up in uh, the St. Anne uh, facility at the, where the satellite court uh, exists right now. And that opened in February. And uh, now that is giving folks the ability to get to our courts, but remotely uh, in a way that maybe, and we know is a lot more convenient to them. Um, they don't have to pay for parking, which is a huge issue, mm-hmm. uh, but it's much more uh, reachable through public transportation. People can now f- file orders of protection there. And that is also another aspect of what has changed. People now can get orders of protection online. And we're seeing all these incredible things that can be done online. The only problem is, is that there are certain cases that cannot be done online, particularly jury trials. Mm -hmm. And that's where you've really uh, now, uh, through a real coordinated effort with the judges here, we've got amazing folks in our courthouse um, that have coordinated a, a response to what we need to do to start having jury trials proceed. Hmm. Um, it, it sounds like it would be a, a pretty easy task, but just open the door and start letting people in. Um, but we just can't do that, of course, because we got to follow the CDC guidelines. And, and, and Judge Burton, if I may cut in here, I just want to warn certainly. you, we only have about a minute left here, unfortunately. But um, yes. for that, it sounds like you feel like you'll be ready to go as long as case counts stay low enough that the courts say you can go forward with this. Um, these jury trials can again resume. That's exactly it. And and that's our plan. That you know, Starting April the 12th, we are going to be uh, starting slowly. We can only do, at this point, two jury trials at a time. We have to be you know, very concerned with the fact that at this point, you know, just even the coordination of having, you know, a jury trial would mean we can't use standard jury rooms anymore because they're too small. So we're going to have a adjacent courtroom for purposes of recesses and deliberation. We also can't let anyone come into the courtroom beyond all the players that are typically there for criminal matters. So we're going to have a feed that will allow for folks to come in to watch the trial you know, that way. But all the coordination that comes with this, we have to, as judges, be sure that we don't take breaks at the same time. Sidebars themselves are an interesting issue. And then all the sanitization that is necessary. But we think we can get started. We know that it is a real frustration for victims and defendants who've been sitting in the jail for a long period of time. Um, but we're ready to start. The attorneys have been phenomenal. They have been patient with us. Uh, We think we're ready to go starting two weeks from now. Well, we wish you the best of luck in that. And we appreciate you coming today to give us the lay of the land on all the stuff you're working uh, working on. Um, St. Louis County Presiding Judge Michael D. Burton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Sarah. Appreciate it. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.